Welcome back, Giants fans. I don't think I talked to you guys since Joe Judge got fired, which was last Tuesday night. So it's been actually a week now since I talked to you guys about the Giants. So I've been on some podcasts, did the podcast with the entertainer and some other stuff, but still I've not talked to you guys specifically, I guess. So anyway, the Giants have done some GM interviews via Zoom. And, you know, I don't know how those went, but there are some frontrunners guys who have earned a second visit. The second visits will be in person. So the Giants are going to interview Ryan Poles and Joe Shane in person. There might be a couple other guys added to that list, but so far that's what we know right now, and we'll see what happens with that. Maybe Adam Peters, maybe Joe Ortiz, or some other surprise candidate gets a, another visit in person, but we'll find out in the coming hours probably. So anyway, it was a good weekend of Wild Card Weekend. So we saw the Eagles get blown out, saw the Cowboys lose in heartbreaking fashion. If you still like Odell Beckham like I do, he had a nice game. Rams won. I somehow went undefeated with spread picks this weekend, made myself some money. So it was a good weekend of Wild Card Weekend. Unfortunately, our Giants were not in there, but maybe one day we'll get there once again. So anyway, as for the Giants, we're, there's some more clarity with the GM search. There are two guys that are moving on, per se, and a couple other guys that may be following them. We'll find out, of course, but we'll talk about that, talk about the possible head coaching candidates to come along with them, and let's get into the video. So we'll start with this Dan Duggan tweet that came out today at 12.46 p.m. The Giants have started the second round of GM interviews. Bill's assistant GM Joe Shane is currently meeting with Giants brass per Paul Schwartz, and Tom Pelissero reported that Chiefs Executive Director of Player Personnel Ryan Poles will get a second interview as well. So Ryan Poles was like that sleeper pick per se to be the next Giants GM, the 36-year-old. He's not going to get a second meeting, and so is Joe Shane. Now, Joe Shane, who we talked about before, is like the front runner to get this job. That would not be a surprise whatsoever. His history in Buffalo is very interesting because he came over in 2017. The Bills had a playoff season in 2017. I think they went 9-7 and with Tyrod Taylor at quarterback, lost in the wildcard round to uh, that Jacksonville team that was good back in 2017. But... So the Bills had a pick in the draft that was probably somewhere in the early 20s, and they wanted to trade up for a franchise quarterback. They loved Josh Allen. They traded like they, they traded Sammy Watkins, their left tackle, Cordy Glenn. They traded a bunch of draft picks as well to move up and get Josh Allen. That's a big risk to take right there because if Josh Allen does not work out, you're trading your former first-round wide receiver, Watkins. You're starting left tackle, Cordy Glenn. You're trading six draft picks just to get Josh Allen. Now, luckily for them, their evaluation was correct, and Josh Allen is a stud quarterback, but it does show you that Joe Shane, who was the right-hand man for um, Brandon Bean, the current GM for the Bills, it shows you he's not afraid to navigate through the draft, which is something I love a GM to do. Like Navigating through the draft is an underrated aspect to a GM. And you may say, well, he traded up. Well, Dave Gettleman did the same thing, right? Like Dave Gettleman's traded up in the draft plenty of times. But in 2017, the Bills had the 10th overall pick, but they traded back with the Kansas City Chiefs, and that was actually the pick for Patrick Mahomes. So maybe they regret that in hindsight, but still... In that trade, they were able to get an extra third-round pick, a 2018 first-round pick. So they basically got the Chiefs' 27th overall pick in that 2017 draft, an extra third-round pick in that same draft, and a 2018 first-round pick, which was the next year. So to get that to move back from 10 to 27, it's not a bad haul. Get an extra first-round pick, extra third-round pick. So 
he's been part of the front office that is not afraid to trade back in the draft, and I love that. And I do believe in that trade, I'm pretty sure the guy that got a 27 overall was Tredavious White, who's an unbelievable cornerback. So they made the most out of that trade back as well. So the Bills navigate through the draft. I like that, of course. It's been said that Joe Shane has worked in the analytics department, which is something I want the next Giants GM to implement into his style and philosophy of being a GM. It was pretty well known that Dave Gettleman was not the biggest analytics guy, and you you should not solely base your entire general manager um, philosophy on analytics, but it's at least something you should use. And to not use it at all is just, it's just not the smartest thing to do because it seems like basically every other team besides the Giants at that time were using analytics. I'm sure the Giants had some degree of analytics, you know, back in 2018, 2019, but you can tell based on Dave Gettleman's reaction, he was not too fond of analytics. He wanted to trust his eye test and trust that he could evaluate the prospects himself, but analytics are a useful tool and if you're not using them you're just hurting yourself and that's kind of what the Giants did unfortunately so with Joe Shane it's a good history Buffalo has drafted pretty well in recent years as we know we'll just go through the draft history of the Bills since Joe Shane has been there and 2017 first round pick which was the trade back once again with the Chiefs 27th overall they got Tredavious White who when healthy is one of the top five corners in the NFL unfortunately towards ACL this year they got Zay Jones in round two kind of a bust I mean he had some off-field things happen he's now with the Raiders actually had a pretty nice year Deion Dawkins this was a great third round pick Deion Dawkins is their current left tackle they drafted him as a guard made him a left tackle so to get your franchise left tackle in round three that's a tremendous pick of course Matt Milano was a fifth round pick in 2017 one of the better coverage linebackers in the NFL so that is a awesome draft they took Nathan Peterman probably not the best draft pick but they had three guys from this draft that turned out to be cornerstone pieces of this franchise and two of them were from the mid rounds so that's an awesome draft right there by the Buffalo Bills so now 2018's draft this of course was the Josh Allen pick seventh overall take your franchise quarterback and it's a ballsy pick. I mean, look, Josh Allen coming out of Wyoming was not a guarantee. I had my concerns as well. I was like, this guy's not very accurate. He has all the tools. He's definitely physically gifted. He can throw the ball 80 yards, but like had a lot of questions about his accuracy. And I do think Brian Dable helped out a lot with the crossing routes and just making his life easier. But still, Josh Allen was a risky pick and the Bills made it work. So I give them a lot of credit. Also in the first round, 16th overall, they took linebacker Tremaine Edmonds, another good coverage linebacker, bit of a smaller linebacker, but a quick guy. He's been a there for four years now so he's a good player that's been worth it as a first round pick as a mid first round pick Harrison Phillips a defensive tackle he still plays for them good run stoppers so that's not a terrible pick in the third round Teron Johnson cornerback he has to step up now with the Tredavious White injury but he's still on the bills playing pretty well not great not a great player but he's playing pretty well I don't know who this guy is. A Wyatt Teller, fifth round pick, Wyatt Teller. Wyatt Teller was, unfortunately for them, traded to the Browns, and Wyatt Teller is now one of the better guards in football. But to take a talent of Wyatt Teller in round five, that's very impressive. And once again, I don't know how much of this was Brandon Bean, how much was Joe Shane, but just the draft history. Like, they've done more in these two drafts than the Giants have the past five years. I got to be honest. Like, these two drafts right here by Buffalo are literally better than the Giants have the past five years. I mean, some of these players, Josh Allen, Tredavious White, Deion Dawkins, Matt Milano, Wyatt Teller, um, you know, Harrison Phillips, Tremaine Edmund, like those are better players than the Giants have the past five years, which is pretty sad, but it's true. Even Ray Ray McLeod, a six-round pick, plays with the Steelers now, pretty useful punt returner for them, wide receivers, so they have that. Um, 2019, Ed Oliver was a first round pick. I liked Ed Oliver a lot, so I can't hate them for that as well. But Ed Oliver, I mean, he had a breakout year this year, kind of. He wasn't 
definitely not a ninth overall pick, but just a useful defensive tackle. He's a starting defensive tackle, probably not the ninth overall pick they wanted, but still, he's been a starting NFL player, so it could have been better, but, you know, not a terrible pick. Um, Cody Ford, a tackle, I mean, he's been out of the rotation, I believe, so that pick has not worked out in round two, but I was a fan of his coming out of Oklahoma. Devin Singletary, running back round three, had a really good year this series. They're starting running back in the playoffs now, so Devin Singletary was a guy who came out of Florida Atlantic, a tough guy to scout probably, but they made a good pick there with their running back. Dawson Knox, another third-round pick. They're starting tight end right now. Dawson Knox had a great year this year, broke his hand at one point, but he's had a great uh, 2021 season, so that was a good pick. So nobody else in this draft is really worth talking about, but they still came out of this draft with one, two, three starting players. Like, that's not bad to have, you know, how many picks? This was eight picks, I believe this was, and to come out with three starting players, it's really not that bad. So it's not a great draft, but it's a lot better than what we do, so we got to be honest there. 2020 now, AJ Epinesa, I mean... I was kind of a fan of his, not like the biggest fan, but he was a powerful guy coming out of Iowa, and it hasn't really worked out so far, but Epinesa is a decent player, so it was a second-round pick. They did not have a first-round pick in this draft because of the uh, Stephon Diggs trade, another thing the Bills should get a lot of credit for, so, you know, AJ Epinesa hasn't worked out great so far, but it is what it is. It's a second-round pick, and he's been a rotational guy for them. Zach Moss was their third-round pick, a running back, and I like Zach Moss a lot coming out of Utah, but it seems like Devin Singletary he's a better player right now it's a third round pick it's a running back and Zach Moss has had his moments for them he's had a he was really good in the middle of the year but kind of got out of the rotation after a while but you know Zach Moss wasn't a great pick but also not a terrible pick now for round four, wide receiver Gabriel Davis. This was a guy out of Central Florida, a big receiver. He's been a really useful weapon for Josh Allen the past couple of years. He had a really good rookie season. His rookie year, he had basically 600 yards, seven touchdowns. This year, had 550 yards, six touchdowns. So for a fourth-round pick, you're getting some nice production there for a wide receiver in Gabriel Davis, a guy who has to play behind the likes of uh, Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley. He was behind Emmanuel Sanders, not anymore, and even, you know, behind the pecking order with um with Dawson Knox at tight end so he's been behind some guys but still makes an impact for that team round five was Jake Fromm we know a lot about that guy probably not worth it but the Bills thought it was too good a value to pass on him at that point Tyler Bass six round pick he's a kicker he's been a really good kicker for them so far seems like they got their quote-unquote franchise kicker there so Tyler Bass was a good pick in the sixth round Two other guys I don't really know about so not worth mentioning but from that draft right there I mean Epinesa Zach Moss are borderline starting players. They're not that great, but okay. It's not like the worst picks in the world. Gabriel Davis, I think, is like a legit wide receiver too. He's a good player. So I like Gabriel Davis. Jake Fromm was a waste. And then Tyler Bash, you're getting like your your kicker out of that. So it's not that bad of a draft. It could have been a lot better, of course, but um, I don't look at that as a horrendous draft so far. And it's last year. A lot can happen here, of course. You know, guys might have breakout year threes and stuff like that. Maybe Jake Fromm's a breakout player. We'll, we'll see. No, I'm just kidding. But anyway, um, so 2021's draft, Gregory Rousseau was a controversial pick coming out of uh, Miami. He had four sacks as a rookie, up and down year, I would say, but we'll see what he turns into. Carlos Basham, another defensive lineman. I liked him out of Wake Forest. Only had two and a half sacks this year, but there's a lot of guys in that Bills defensive line, so there's a lot of competition there, so I don't know how much these guys are playing. Then in round three, they took an offensive lineman, Spencer Brown out of Northern Iowa. He's been their right tackle this year for majority of the year. I don't think they planned it like that, but just to have a rookie third-round pick be a starting right tackle on a playoff and Super Bowl caliber team it says a lot so I'm not sure Spencer Brown's like a hit so far he's had an up and down rookie year but 
he's still their starting right tackle, so I give them some credit for that pick already. Um, the rest of this class, I'm not like that familiar with. I've heard of Marquez Stevenson um, out of Houston. I mean, not many other guys are really sticking out too much, but still, it's the, it's the first year of this draft class. So it really depends on Gregory Rousseau, what type of player he turns into, even Carlos Basham. But Spencer Brown, if they found their starting right tackle in round three, that's going to end up being a good pick as well. So you just look at the Bills' draft history. I mean, it's been good. Like they had, they had some really good drafting years since um, since Joe Shane's been there, especially in 2018, 2017, 2019 for you know a little bit. But still, I mean, for the most part, they've been a good drafting team since he's been there, and that should say a lot. I do think Joe Shane has input on these picks. I do think it comes down to Brandon Bean ultimately, and probably Sean McDermott as well. But at the end of the day, he still has input on what they do, and it's been an impressive resume for Buffalo since he's been there. So for me, I would like Joe Shane a lot. It would be a really good hire in my opinion, and I'm definitely going to be interested to see how he runs his own operation here with the Giants if he does in fact get that job. So with that said, you know, he might bring over Brian Dable, the offensive coordinator there, and I want to look at Brian Dable's history real quick. He actually had a longer history than I realized, so he started back in 2000 with the Patriots as a defensive assistant coach. Um, So he won five Super Bowls in his career. He's been around for like 20 years now, but he's been the Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator since 2018. And he's a guy that I think deserves some credit for the emergence of Josh Allen. Of course, Josh Allen himself deserves a lot of credit as well. But Brian Dable to kind of just work his offense around Josh Allen, play to his strengths, not his weaknesses. I think Brian Dable deserves some credit for that. Of course, Josh Allen on his own is a very ridiculously talented player. But Brian Dable, in my opinion, deserves some credit for what Josh Allen has been able to do. So he was with New England as a tight ends coach 2014 to 2016, won a couple Super Bowls. Now he was an offensive coordinator for three different teams and it did not go very well, but the talent on these teams were terrible. He was the Browns offensive coordinator from 2009 to 2010, back when their starting quarterbacks were like Brady Quinn, uh, Derek Anderson, probably like Jason Campbell. I don't know, they had some awful quarterbacks back then. They went 5-11 both years he was there with the Browns. Then in 2011, he was with the Miami Dolphins as, as an offensive coordinator. And the Dolphins probably had Matt Moore that year as their quarterback. Chad Henney as well, so that's not much to go off of. Then tw- uh, 2012 with the Kansas City Chiefs, I think that was before... Andy Reid got there, I'm pretty sure. I think Andy Reid started there in 2013. So they had a bad year that year. The Chiefs, they went 2-14. and 14, I think had the first pick in the draft that year. But they did have Matt Castle and Brady Quinn as their starters. Both guys went 1-7. and seven. So, like, I don't know how much you can hold that against a uh, offensive coordinator when he had no quarterbacks to work with whatsoever. So... You know, with Brian Dable, I look at him as a guy that really has a much better offense than what we've had here the past few years. I mean, Brian Dable, his MO is like crossing routes, and I think that's one of the better routes in football, especially for the wide receivers we have, guys that can make big plays, guys like Darius Toney, guys like Kenny Galladay, even Darius Slayton to a degree. Um, that should help out a lot, and I don't know who the quarterback's going to be here next year. You would think maybe with a new regime, it might be a new quarterback, but even if Daniel Jones gets year four with the Giants, you would have to think under Brian Dable, he would have a much better year year than he's had the past two years with um with Jason Garrett slash Freddie Kitchens for one game so I'm not saying that Daniel Jones will be great but it's got to be better right it can't get much worse so um if Brian Dable's the head coach that would excite me he's 46 he has been around forever it seems like with a bunch of teams since 2000 but has plenty of experience and I do prefer an offensive minded head coach that's just what I want right now it's an offensive league and if you look at the Giants and what has to really improve a lot it's the offense the defense has been pretty good the past couple years with the Giants 
guys. They have defensive talent. They've been, you know, last year in 2020, they were like a top 10 defense, I think. This year, they were like middle of the pack, I believe. But still, like, they have enough defensive talent to get by. It's the offense that's so dreadful that we can't compete in these games. So if we get Brian Dable, an offensive coach, a guy that has a nice track record with the Bills here in the last four or five years, um, I'd be excited for that. So, you know, I don't know much about the guy personally, but just his history excites me. I've watched a couple of videos of uh, Brian Dable mic'd up. I could see him being a leader of men, that type of stuff. So it doesn't concern me all that much. So yeah, we'll see what happens there with Joe Shane, Brian Dable. But I do think it's a very realistic possibility. And if I had to guess right now who the Giants head coach and GM is going to be right now, if I had to guess, I'm going to say Joe Shane, Brian Dable. That's my guess, but we'll find out what happens here. I still want Adam Peters, but until he gets a second interview, I can't really, um, you know, be too excited about that right now. So anyway, but let's talk about Ryan Poles real quick before we wrap it up here. So we'll talk about Ryan Poles with the Chiefs and he's 36 years old and I personally can't even imagine a the Giants hiring a 36 year old GM. It just does not seem like a Giants thing to do. Now if they did it, I'm not gonna be mad because I think you know younger is kind of better in a way because I think the, the NFL has trended in such a different direction the last few years with just the analytics and the passing league, positional value. Um, I almost prefer a younger GM. So the fact that he's 36 does not scare me off whatsoever. But it's kind of interesting the Giants are going in that direction if they want to actually hire him. But the fact that he got a second interview is pretty impressive. Now, Ryan Poles was a guy that just a couple weeks ago I never heard of. So just for him to get this far in the interview process is impressive on its own. So in 2018, he got promoted to the assistant director of player personnel. And he's kind of worked his way up to executive director of player personnel since that time. So we'll start with 2018 with the Chiefs and kind of how they've been since that time. We know that this is a team that has been to like four straight AFC championship games. They've made the Super Bowl, I think, three of the past four years. They've been an unbelievable team, of course. Now, from 2018 on, their draft history is, like, not tremendous, but there are some good finds here, I must say. In 2018, round three, they got Derek Nadi, who's been a good run stopper. But outside of that, there were not many great picks in that draft, unfortunately. They did not have a first-round pick that year because of the Patrick Mahomes trade, so... There wasn't the first round pick, but yeah, not many great players came out of that 2018 class. In 2019, round two was McCole Hardman. Juan Thorhill was a safety in round two. He's a pretty nice player. They took Rashad Fenton in round six. It's not a bad pick at all. That's actually a pretty good pick. Cornerback. Darwin Thompson was a running back. Didn't work out for them, really. Um, 2020, they took Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, first-round running back, number 32 overall. Um, this was a case where I usually hate first-round running backs, but this was a case where I was kind of okay with it because I felt like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was going to fit exactly what the Chiefs needed, a very good receiving back, although they barely throw him the ball, which is very confusing to this day. But um, I kind of like that pick. He's been injured a bit so far in his career. Hasn't worked out perfectly, but Clyde, when he's healthy, is a pretty damn good running back. So it's like, okay, 37 second overall pick not terrible especially for a team that was ready to compete round two Willie Gay Jr. linebacker I don't think it's made the biggest impact yet but I was a fan of his so I, I understood why they made that pick had some off-field concerns round three was Lucas Niang who I don't think played in 2020 because of the, the COVID opt-out but he's played this year and he was okay he played mostly right tackle for the Chiefs this year it wasn't a great year but not a bad year either for technically his rookie years so Niang is as a third round pick there is some potential there Legereus Sneed's a guy who was taking 
taken as a safety out of Louisiana Tech, and I actually liked him too, so I, I don't know how I got this one right, but he ended up having a really good rookie season, and they transitioned him from safety to cornerback. He played outside corner his first game last year. I still remember it was against Houston back when Deshaun Watson was playing, 2020 week one. It was that Thursday night game, and uh, he had a great uh, debut in that game as well. So um, Legereus Sneed, I, th I think, may have fell off a bit from his first year, but he's a starting caliber player. They got him in the fourth round, of course, so that's a good pick. The last two guys I don't know much about. Now, 2021, they did not have a first-round pick. They took linebacker Nick Bolton out of Missouri. He's been a good player, really good player for them so far, Nick Bolton. So they might have found their starting inside linebacker right there. Creed Humphrey in round two. Now, Creed Humphrey, apparently, from an article I read, um, Ryan Poles was definitely adamant about drafting Creed Humphrey. And that so far has been a hit for Ryan Poles. We'll see how his career turns out. But Creed Humphrey has made a very nice transition to the NFL, had a really good rookie season. Humphrey was the Chiefs center this year. And according to PFF, played over 1,100 snaps, which is awesome. And he has a 91.4 PFF grade, which is amazing. So, so far, that's worked out very well for a guy that Ryan Poles really wanted. So congrats to him on that one. Um, not much else. Noah Gray, tight end round five. I mean, he's an okay player. I liked him coming out of Duke, former teammate of Daniel Jones, actually. Now, Trey Smith. This was a guy a lot of Giants fans wanted, the sixth-round pick, of course, who came out of Tennessee. Now, Smith's a guy who nearly has 1,200 snaps played this year, so played every game, and he has a 72.1 PFF grade playing right guard the entire season, so... The thing that's impressive about the Chiefs is how they fixed their offensive line in one season. Of course, you guys remember last year's Super Bowl, how the Buccaneers had pressure on every single play on Patrick Mahomes, and both tackles left. They lost their center, they lost their left guard, and the Chiefs still found a way to rebuild the offensive line in one offseason. Two of those picks were rookies, of course. And the, the crazy part is, they didn't even use a first-round pick on an offensive lineman. They didn't even have a first-round pick. So for them to find two starting caliber offensive linemen in round two and round six, I think Trey Smith was, that's very impressive. And I don't know how much Ryan Poles was behind it, but apparently he was behind the Creed Humphrey pick. So start, he found their starting center for the future. So that's a great pick by him right there. So, you know, they traded, of course, for Orlando Brown to play left tackle. So the Chiefs found a way to make it work, and it's been very impressive so far by them and the Giants, who have not been able to solve their offensive line issues for 10 years. Um, this definitely bodes well for a guy like Ryan Poles, who, by the way, played offensive line at college, in, at Boston College, um, when he was still playing football. So that, of course, might bode well for his um, chances to get the Giants GM job. So I personally don't know as much about Ryan Poles as I do Joe Shane. There's more information out about Joe Shane than Ryan Poles, but just, I saw one video interview with um, with Ryan Poles, came off as a very intelligent guy, so like, I can get behind it. I'm not sure like how great he would be as a Giants GM, but like I would definitely be willing to give it a chance. It's more of an out-of-the-box hire for the Giants, a guy who once again is 36 years old, coming from a different organization that has no tie to the Giants, so I would be happy in a way because the Giants would finally be getting away from their old ways, the Giant way, which is dead, so if they hired Ryan Poles, hey, I can get behind it, and we'll see what happens with that, but so once again, if I had to guess, my guess right now is that it's going to be Joe Shane for GM and then Brian Dable head coach. It could be different, of course, that's just my, you know, me guessing right there, but that just seems to be like the most likely outcome right now. I don't know what the betting odds are, but whatever it is, I mean, I feel like there's a very strong chance that could happen at this moment. So 
Hopefully, you know, I can honestly, if it's Joe Shane or Ryan Poles, I can live with it. I think that's going to be fine. And it's a massive improvement over Dave Gettleman and the previous regimes here. So that's something to be excited for. Now, if Ryan Poles was the GM, who would be the head coach? Now, John Mara has said before, there doesn't have to be a tie from GM to head coach. It doesn't have to be a guy from the Chiefs. But of course, when the Chiefs come up, Eric Bieniemy, who's been their offense coordinator for a while now, that name comes up. Now, is it concerning that Eric Bieniemy has had so many interviews and has not been hired? Yes. But of course, the man has a track record that speaks for itself coming from the Chiefs and working with that powerful offense. So if it is Bieniemy and they think he's the right guy, then hey, I can get behind that as well. So, you know, we'll find out which regime gets the, uh, gets the job here, whether it's the Bills guy or the Chiefs guy but we'll see how it goes but I'm excited of course because it's not the same crap we've been accustomed to seeing here as Giants fans it's not gonna be John Dorsey Lewis Riddick or some guy like that so thank god we avoided that stuff but yeah that's pretty much all I got and there will be plenty of videos with the Giants this offseason coming up I'll talk about you know the personnel on this team guys that have contracts up guys that could be cut guys that could be traded all that type of stuff so hopefully you guys stay tuned for that hopefully you guys enjoyed this video and I'll talk to you guys next time